Welcome to the Valley Point Podcast. Valley Point Church is a faith community located in Glen Mills, Pennsylvania. Our mission is pointing people to real relationships and real significance. This talk continues week five of our series, The Story. Enjoy and thanks for listening. Welcome to Valley Point Church. My name is Eric, and I think that was a total setup. You got to watch out for those guys. They're fantastic. It's good to see you, and I want to thank you for being at Valley Point Church. And I'm not just saying that. I am really glad that you're here. And if you're with us for the very first time, a special welcome to you. I hope that today is a meaningful and memorable experience Today is also kind of a fun day because it is Valley Point's 44th birthday. So happy birthday to Valley Point. 44 years ago, a group of people got together and started this church. And we're still here. We're still functioning. And God is still using us to point people to real relationships and real significance. So I'm thankful that you're here. And happy birthday to Valley Point. For the past few weeks, we have been walking through something here called the story. And the story is a look at key events and key people in the Bible. And as we walk through these key events and we look at these key individuals, we're asking a couple of questions like, what happened? What are the real historical events that took place? And then how can we apply or how can we use that in our lives today? So what happened historically and how can we use that in our lives? The upper story of what God was doing from the very beginning is that he created everything and he made a beautiful garden and it's in that garden that he had the opportunity to enjoy his prized creation, which was people. Unfortunately, when you read from the beginning about those individuals, you soon discover that they turned their backs on God and they decided to go in a different direction and that certainly broke the heart of God. But the rest of the story then is about God reaching out to win back what he loves the most and that's people. It's us. So be encouraged today. No matter what you're walking through, no matter what you have experienced, I want you to be encouraged because you are God's prized creation. You are. So here's the upper story statement for today or the big idea of what God is doing. And that is God gave us rules so we can know him. God gave us rules so we can know him. So today we get to talk about rules. That sounds like a lot of fun, doesn't it? I don't know. Probably depends on how you respond to rules. And in this room, there are probably two groups of people and how we respond to rules when they're presented. So as I talk through this, you just think about yourself and which group you belong to. Group number one loves rules. I mean, they just absolutely love them and they look for them because the rules help you know where you're supposed to be and where you're not supposed to be, what you're supposed to do and what you're not supposed to do. 
They provide guardrails, and you love rules. You look for them. And then there's group number two. And if you're in group number two, you might be getting an elbow right now because group number two doesn't like the rules. And they actually think it's their mission in life to perhaps break all of the rules. And that's just kind of how you're wired. That's part of your DNA. Here's how you can know which group you belong to. How do you respond to this sign? How do you respond? Group number one says, I love the sign. I love it. Because again, I know what I'm supposed to do and what I'm not supposed to touch. The lines are clear. I love it. Group number two looks at that sign, crosses their arms, and says, at some point, I will touch whatever it is that I'm not supposed to touch. I'm just going to do that. Right? This is the way that it works. So when we talk about God and rules, immediately there is tension. When we think about God and rules, immediately there is tension that exists even in this room. And here's what I want us to do. I want us to lean into that tension today. Okay? Because God gave us rules so that we can know him. And this is actually a really good thing. Last week we talked about how God's people were enslaved for 430 years. That's a really long time. That's longer than our country has even been in existence. And so generation after generation after generation of God's people, the only thing they know is slavery. Well, what we discovered last week in the opening chapters of the book of Exodus is that God comes through for his people because he loves them and he cares about them and he actually provides a way for them to escape and to be free from slavery. God takes them from the land of Egypt where they were enslaved for all of those years into a new territory. I want you to actually see this on the map so that you're aware historically where this took place. So the red dot represents Egypt, and that's where God's people were enslaved for a long time. God raised up a leader by the name of Moses, and we're going to talk about him a little bit today. God raised up this great leader, and he actually led God's people from slavery and all of the years of oppression out of Egypt. They crossed the Red Sea, and you can see that dotted line right there, and God provided a miraculous way for them to get across the Red Sea. And then God took them into the wilderness or the desert of Sinai. And it's there that they set up camp at the base of a mountain called Mount Sinai. Now, how do we know all of this? Well, it's what scripture tells us. So here's Exodus chapter 19, verse 1. These are the words of God. Exactly two months after the Israelites left Egypt, they arrived in the wilderness of Sinai. After breaking camp at Rephidim, they came to the wilderness of Sinai and set up camp there at the base of Mount Sinai. What happens next is that God approaches Moses and says, Moses, I'd like to have a little chat with you. I'd like to have a little conversation, just the two of us. And so you come up the mountain, you get away from everybody else and all of the noise of the camp, and let's just talk, the two of us. 
Verse 3, then Moses climbed the mountain to appear before God. The Lord called to him from the mountain and said, Give these instructions to the family of Jacob. Announce it to the descendants of Israel. You have seen what I did to the Egyptians. You know how I carried you on eagles' wings. Go eagles! Right, come on, these are the words of God. He actually says eagles right here. And perhaps he even spelled it out for Moses. E-A-G. I don't know, maybe he did. So this is God. You know how I carried you on eagles' wings and brought you to myself. Now, if you will obey me and keep my covenant, you will be my own special treasure from among all the people's on earth, for all the earth belongs to me. And here's what is so unique about this. Normally, we think of rules and laws and instructions as boring and negative, and they're kind of restrictive. But that's not what's happening here. Actually, God is choosing to personally get involved in the lives of what he loves the most, and that's people. I want you to think about this. God desperately wants us. Just let that roll around in your mind for a bit. God desperately wants us. God desperately wants you and loves you and cares about you. And this is God's way of reaching out to be with people. It's like God said, I want to live with people. I don't want to be a distant God. I don't want to be a God who just creates and initiates and then just leaves everything to run on its own. I want to live with my prized creation. I want to live with people. But in order for that to happen, they have to learn a few things. They have to learn how to respect the people around them i got to learn how to treat people with dignity. And beyond learning that, I also want them to know, and I want them to learn that they need to treat me with respect. And they need to give me the dignity that I deserve. And so God begins to have this conversation with Moses to say, here are some instructions. Here are some commands. We know them as the Ten Commandments. And I think most people have a baseline understanding of God's big ideas and God's big laws. And many cultures even use some of these commands as part of their civil laws. It actually sounds like this. Exodus chapter 20, verse 1. You ready for this? Here they come, the Ten Commandments. Then God gave the people all these instructions. Keep in mind... God wants to live with his people. So there's some things they need to work on. Verse 2, I am the Lord, your God, who rescued you from the land of Egypt, the place of your slavery. You must not have any other God but me. You must not make for yourself an idol of any kind or an image of anything in the heavens or on the earth or in the sea. You must not bow down to them or worship them, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God who will not tolerate your affection for any other gods. 
You must not misuse the name of the Lord your God. Remember to observe the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Honor your father and your mother. Then you will live a long, full life in the land the Lord your God is giving you. You must not murder. You must not commit adultery. You must not steal. You must not testify falsely against your neighbor. You must not covet your neighbor's house. You must not covet your neighbor's wife, male or female servant, ox or donkey or anything else that belongs to your neighbor. The Ten Commandments. There you go. And there is a very unique way you can break down these commandments into a couple of categories. Because it's really difficult to remember all of them. So here's a way that we can break this down and really walk away from here remembering these big ideas, these big commands that God gave. One of the ways you can think about this is you can look at the first four commands and they deal with our vertical relationship with God. It's all about what God wants and how we can respect and give honor and dignity to God, which is something that God wants. So the first four commands deal with our vertical relationship. The final six commands deal with our horizontal relationships. It's how we interact with people and how we can be rightly related to each other. So the first four commands deal with our God and that vertical relationship, the final six commands. It's about how we interact with each other. And that's one of the ways you can break down these ten commandments into two categories. So the first thing that God wanted with his people is he wanted them to live by a set of guidelines. And he gives them so that people can know him. Again, not restrictive, not boring. It was a way for people to know God and for people to be right with each other. What happens next in the story is that God talks to Moses and he says, I need a place to stay. Which is kind of an interesting thing because does God really need a place to stay? To stay. But God was saying, I want to be with my prized creation. I want to be with people. And so I need a place to stay. I actually need a place to tabernacle. And this is what we find in Exodus 25 verse 8. God is speaking here and he says, Have the people of Israel build me a holy sanctuary so I can live among them. This is a really significant verse here. Because we get a picture of one of the things that God desires. And again, one of the things that he desperately wants is he wants to be with us. And so if you have a Bible and you like to underline and circle, I would mark that as much as you can. Because again, it gives us this insight into God is with us, not out there, not disinterested. He's here. And his desire was to tabernacle, to build a sanctuary. Verse 9. You must build this tabernacle and its furnishings exactly according to the pattern I will show you. Do you see that word tabernacle there in verse 9? Do you see that? comes from the Hebrew word that means a dwelling place or a tent. And so what God is communicating to Moses is, I want you to go back into the camp and I want you to build me a dwelling place. I want you to build me a tent. That will be my tabernacle. 
And when my people see it, they will know, well, that's where God hangs out. That's where God is, and he is with us. He's here. But here's the thing, and this is where the story gets a little bizarre and even kind of funny, but yet very sad. See, God is having this wonderful conversation with Moses on the mountain. And you know, it has to be a glorious conversation. Because it's just the two of them, and they're discussing things, and they're talking. And God is looking at Moses saying, I've got some things I want the people to work on. Here's how they can respect me. Here's how they can respect other people. And by the way, I want to live with them. I don't want to be too far away. I want a tabernacle. I want a tent and a dwelling place. And so they're having this conversation And it may have gone something like this. God approaches Moses. Moses, just the two of us here. And I want to live with my people. I want to be right there. And perhaps Moses responded and says, That is a fantastic idea, God. That's really incredible. How? And God would have looked at Moses and said, Well, here's how. I want you and the people to build a tent for me, a dwelling place, and there I will tabernacle. I will fill that place, and the people will know that I am with them. And I would like to think that Moses heard that and said, Wow! Only you, God. Only you. And I think the people are going to be really excited about this plan. Except... They weren't. Moses is up on the mountain having this amazing, intimate conversation with God, and the people were getting a little antsy because the Bible tells us this took several days. And so Moses is talking. The people are getting a little irritated with this, and here's what we discover. Exodus chapter 32, verse 1. When the people saw how long it was taking Moses to come back down the mountain, they gathered around Aaron. Who's that? Got a new person in the story here. Aaron was another leader for God's people. He was also Moses' brother. And so they gather around him. Come on, they said. Make us some gods who can lead us. We don't know what happened to this fellow Moses who brought us here from the land of Egypt. So Aaron said, take the gold rings from the ears of your wives and sons and daughters and bring them to me. All the people took the gold rings from their ears and brought them to Aaron. Then Aaron took the gold, melted it down and molded it into the shape of a calf. And when the people saw it, they exclaimed, O Israel, These are the gods who brought you out of the land of Egypt. The people got up early the next morning to sacrifice burnt offerings and peace offerings. After this, they celebrated with feasting and drinking, and they indulged in pagan revelry. And the Lord said to Moses, Quick, go down the mountain. We've got a problem in the camp. And what we discover next in the story is that Moses arrives. After this great conversation with God, he's got the stone tablets with the commands that God wrote himself, and he sees all of this chaos and all of this frivolity, and I think Moses loses his mind. 
His head explodes. What is going on here? You have violated the first four commands and I haven't even shared them with you yet. Come on. Right? Actually, here's what happens. Verse 19. When they came near the camp, Moses saw the calf and the dancing and he burned with anger. He threw the stone tablets to the ground, smashing them at the foot of the mountain. And he took the calf they had made and burned it. Then he ground it into powder, threw it into the water, and forced the people to drink it. They call it the Moses Martini. (laughs) Moses is mixing up some drinks now. This is a bad cocktail party, though. It's not good. So finally, he turned to Aaron and demanded... What did these people do to you to make you bring such terrible sin upon them? Oh, don't get so upset, my lord, Aaron replied. You know yourself how evil these people are. And the blame shifting begins, right? For those of you who are parents in the room, you know how this works. You approach a child, what happened here? Oh, well, you know how evil my brother is or my sister. We get this and that's what's happening here. They said to me, make us gods who will lead us. We don't know what happened to this fellow Moses who brought us here from the land of Egypt. So I told them, whoever has gold jewelry, take it off. When they brought it to me, I simply threw it into the fire and poof, out came this calf. Now that's funny, isn't it? Like I just took this stuff and I threw it into the fire and... There's a calf. I don't know what's going on, Moses. Well, what you discover when you continue to read in chapter 32 there and even beyond is that Moses intercedes in a passionate way for the people. God's pretty upset. His heart is broken again. Moses is angry, but yet he loved the people that God had called him to lead. And so he passionately intercedes on their behalf. And what we find is that God, in his wisdom and in his grace and mercy, he forgives. And in chapters 33 through the end of the book, God is giving them more instructions. He rewrites the commandments on another set of tablets. And Moses brings them to the people. And by the end of the book, we are finding that they are right with God. And the tabernacle, the dwelling place, the tent, it was built and God filled it. And they were in a pretty good place. That's really the book of Exodus. An incredible story. Now, what about my story? Like, how do we take all of these ancient commands and these stone tablets and these different things that God gave to Moses so many years ago? How does this apply, and how can I use this in my life today? Well, just a couple of thoughts. Number one, take time to evaluate your vertical relationship with God based on the first four commands. And I think this is a great thing for all of us to consider right now and throughout this day. Let's just take a few moments and let's push aside the noise and the clutter and everything that may be happening and our schedules and our lives for a few moments and consider where's my relationship with God right now? Where do I stand with him? Am I in good standing or not? 
And here's another question. Do I even have a relationship with God? Does that even exist for me? See, God wanted to live with his people, and that is still true today. He wants to dwell in us. And just like God's people were enslaved so many years ago, Scripture tells us that we're enslaved to a thing called sin. And it binds us, and it does not allow us to be free But because of God's love and compassion, he desires for us to be free and released from all of that to enjoy a forever friendship with him. This is what God wants for each and every one of us. Well, how does that happen? Well, I love the words of John 3, 16 that say this. And this is God's plan. This is how he wins back his prized creation. For this is how God loved the world. And by the way, you can insert your name in there because you've got to personalize this. It's for you. It's not just for somebody else. This is how much God loved you. So personalize this. This is how God loved the world. Here's what he did. He gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. And so the great news of God's plan to win back us To win back his prized creation is that we trust in the work of Christ alone and add nothing to that. Because there's nothing we can add. We can't buy it. We don't have enough stuff. We don't have enough money. God says simply trust. Here's the gift of Christ and his work. He paid the price for our sins. And by simply trusting, simply believe is what he says. This is how we enter into a forever friendship with God. And so I want to encourage everyone here, you evaluate your vertical relationship with God. Where does that stand right now? Secondly, take time to evaluate your horizontal relationships based on the final six commandments. And what does that look like for you? You know, we all bring different hurts and pains and even successes into this room in terms of our relationships with other people. Maybe you walked in today and you're doing a great job with everybody around you, your family members, your co-workers, the people that are a part of your community, and you just have really strong relationships. Well, that's great. Just know that relationships don't stand still. They're either improving and getting better or they're moving in the opposite direction. Maybe, though, you've walked into this room and there is one or two or three or maybe even more relationships that are just on the rocks and you're struggling and you're not exactly sure what to do about that. Would you take a few moments today just to evaluate those horizontal relationships? I think life is way too short not to forgive and fix and repair and restore? Is there a relationship that is coming into your mind right now? And can you take a step toward them today or throughout this week and repair what is broken? I would encourage you, take that step. Take that step. The book of Exodus. It's really an amazing account of God working through his people, bringing them from slavery 
into freedom and giving them some commands and some instructions, some rules, so that he could know them. This is actually all a good thing. So God does give us rules to know us, and I think he gives us these rules so that we can evaluate our relationship with him in an honest way and also evaluate the relationships with the people that we have around us so we can be right with God and right with others. Father, we're so thankful for today, for this time to look at the narrative that we find here in the book of Exodus and how you worked in and through your people and you provided a way for them to know you. You're just that kind of God. You're not too distant. You're not too far. You are with us. And so, God, I pray that you would use these words today and our songs and our prayers to just move us into a place where we're ready to do whatever it is that you want for us. i got to thank you for everybody that's here. I don't think it's by accident that those who are here have assembled into this room. I think you wanted us here so that you could speak directly to us. So God, encourage us today. I do pray. I'd like for you to keep your head bowed and your eyes closed for just a moment. You know, maybe God is really speaking into your heart right now and your understanding and getting. There is a way that I can be made right with God and have a real relationship with him. And that's not something that you've ever considered before. And you're hearing God loves you and God cares about you. God desires you. And God loved you enough that he sent his only son into the world to pay the price for our sins. And if we simply trust, we can have that relationship. If that's something that you desire and you're ready to be made right with God, then I would encourage you from your heart to God's ears. Just talk to him. Pray to him. And that's all that prayer is. It's simply having a conversation like what we have with people. So talk to God. Just tell him, you know that you've messed some things up. You know that you have sinned. You know that your life isn't perfect. God already knows that, but he loves to hear that from us. So just tell him. And then let him know that you want to be made right with him. And you want to do that by trusting in Jesus alone. So just tell him, you trust. You trust in the work of Christ. You don't going to add anything to that. Because there's nothing we can add. It's simply trust. Tell him that you're trusting in the work of Christ for you. And then thank him for rescuing you. Because that's what he's done. He's rescued you and freed you from slavery to sin to a whole new life of living out his purposes for you. Just thank him for that. that's something that you've offered up for the very first time, I want to say to you, you have a forever friendship with God and he'll never leave you and he'll walk through everything that you experience in life, all of the wins as well as all of the losses. He is with you, tabernacling, living inside of you. You know, maybe you're here and there's a relationship or two or three And you know it's not right, and maybe you've been avoiding that for fear of whatever. 
but yet this person or these individuals are on your mind right now and you know you've got to take a step toward them. And you've got to do what you can to live at peace with everyone. Obviously, they have a response in this as well. But I think God wants us to do what we can. And so you know you've got a step to take. Would you just commit now to saying, I will make that visit. I will make that call. I will send that email or that text. And I'll do my best to be right with the people around me. Would you commit to that? thankful for today so grateful for everybody that's here for the many friends that have come for the very first time God I pray that you'd encourage them pray that they'd walk out of here with joy in their heart and a smile God I want to thank you for Valley Point Church and for 44 years of just seeking to do what you want for us in this community and around the world God would you continue to use your church here to do great work and to provide hope and love and compassion everywhere that you take us. God, again, thank you for the narrative of what we discover in the book of Exodus and how you desire to be with people. We're so grateful for that. I pray that you give us a a great day now of really evaluating our relationship with you and our relationship with the people around us. God, help us to make great choices. And we pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening. We'd also love to have you join us on any Sunday morning as well at the Garnet Valley Middle School at 9.15 or 11 a.m.